Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of my little article, video, podcast uh, thing that I'm doing, where I'm trying to learn as much as I can uh, and just share my thoughts and my vision on how things are going. And hopefully this will be helpful for whoever is watching. Today, I'm going to talk about my latest article that I'm posting on my website, theartofthomas.wordpress.com. Now, keep in mind that Thomas has no H because um, it's a Spanish version. <clears throat> so our last article was um, ETH versus BTC. It was a part two. So today we're going to do part three and we're going to talk about the pre-mine. Now, this is, this is a very sensitive topic in the crypto community. Um, I was looking for a lot of different articles and podcasts about the, the subject, and it was very difficult to find objective views about it. Everybody seems to have a very strong opinions, and the way they presented the information was very much dependent on the opinion that they had. Some people think it's uh, horrible. Some people think it's, it's okay. So what I, what I'll try to do today is try not to give a lot of my own personal thoughts about the subject. All I want to do is to tell you what it is, explain you in as easy as I can. So that you're going to understand it. And then if you decide to either buy Ethereum, buy Bitcoin or whatever it is, at least you understand the difference between the two assets. That's the main reason I've been doing this series is so that people can understand the fundamental differences between Bitcoin and Ethereum, which are the two biggest cryptocurrencies today. Because when I talk with my friends, they all talk as if they are the same thing. They don't understand the differences. So that's what I'm trying to do. So let's start from the very beginning. To understand what a pre-mine is, we need to go back to the origins of Bitcoin. How did Bitcoin started okay so we knew from our previous videos that bitcoin was created by satoshi nakamoto but how did the first coins got released into the world so basically in a very short summary what happened was satoshi released the white paper uh, the white paper is basically um like a document in which you, he explained what Bitcoin was, what it seeked to achieve, the problems that it was trying to solve, and how it technically functioned. Then he also released the code that you can use in your computer to run the Bitcoin protocol and to effectively mine it. You know, mining is when you use your computer 
I'm, I'm going to say it's super simple, right? So you use your computer to run the network. Um, the more computers that are running the network, the more the stronger it becomes. So when you're running the network, you're also helping, helping it become stronger and more secure. And if you do so, you get Bitcoins as rewards. So the first Bitcoins, you can only get them by running the, the program and getting them as rewards. So there was no buying Bitcoin. You couldn't buy it anywhere. The only way to get it was to mine it. And in the space, we call this a fair lunch, which means no one had any um, advantage, right? Everybody who was paying attention at the time had the opportunity to mine Bitcoin. And it was fair. Now, Ethereum did something different. And what they did was, before making it possible for anyone to mine Ethereum coins by doing the same thing, connecting their computer and running the Ethereum protocol, what they did is they sold pre-mined tokens in exchange for Bitcoin. So before the protocol went live, you can already start buying the tokens. This in today's world, it's most commonly referred as a pre-sale. So you do, you sell the tokens before the, the, what do you call it? the protocol goes, uh, it gets available to everyone. The, the more hardcore Bitcoin crowd really, really dislikes this, this system. Um, they, they argue that it's not, it's not as fair. The people from the Ethereum crowd say, say that it is fair. Like everyone who is paying attention at the time had the equal opportunity to buy, uh, tokens. Now, the problem that this generated is that a lot of the pre-mined tokens apparently were bought by a very few number of people. And this is the main concern hardcore Bitcoiners have with Ethereum, is that it's not centralized. Or at least, I mean, it's not as as decentralized as a currency should be. And here is where we get to the main topic of all the articles I've been writing about it and all the podcasts and all the videos is that Bitcoin and Ether are two different things. Okay. So let's analyze what is Bitcoin in the simplest way we can. So Bitcoin is trying to be and I believe it already it already achieved it to be the hardest money ever created by mankind. So in order to to be this, it absolutely needs to be decentralized. There can't be few number of people that have um, power 
to change the Bitcoin protocol or have ways to influence it in a huge way. It has to be decentralized and it has to be fair. It has to be very resilient to attacks. It needs to be strong and it has to be fair for everyone. So everybody had to follow those same rules and there can't be someone that has more power over others. And I believe that they have, it has achieved that in a really outstanding way. Like I'm always blown away every time I, I think about it, just how, how good it works. And even though we see a lot of fluctuation in the price today, that's, that's understandable. It's, it's going to happen until it reaches enough, um, adoption. So, but its core principles, they work extremely well. Many people have tried to gain power over the Bitcoin network and they have not been able to. And that is incredible. Even now China has banned, uh, Bitcoin mining and some countries have banned crypto the cryptocurrencies in general, and it seems it's really hard to stop. So far, it's been working great, and it seems like it's just going to continue to go that way. That's what I believe. But now Ethereum, Ethereum is not trying to be the hardest money, and that is the main difference between them. Ethereum is trying to build a worldwide network of applications that can be built on top of it. So you can, you know, they always, sometimes, no, I won't say always, but sometimes they refer themselves as building the web 3.0. And the idea is a very elegant idea to have all these computers interconnected around the world, supporting decentralized applications, uh, which is fascinating. It's it's been working, you know, if you look at the price and adoption, it's been working great. Uh, now is even outperforming Bitcoin in terms of price. And that is incredible. But the concern is that it's not very decentralized and few people have a lot of uh, power, especially when it comes to decision making. And its monetary policy changes more often than you would like if you were trying to build the hardest money possible. So I'm not going to say Ethereum is bad, Bitcoin is good. I'm not going to say that. I just want you to understand that if you want to buy Bitcoin, you're buying the hardest money possible. And in my personal opinion is the only crypto that is that can do that and it's also the only one that because of it could potentially become a world reserve asset um on the other hand ethereum is trying to build this worldwide computer network which is incredible um but it's it's more like it works more in the more alike a uh, company than currency. Even though ETH 
is the currency for that network. But ETH itself is not as hard as Bitcoin. So it can't compete with Bitcoin as the hardest money. And it's not trying to. It's trying to do something different. And you need to understand the difference between them so that when you make a decision, you're making a conscious decision. And you're saying, I understand what Ether is trying to do, therefore I'll buy it, or therefore I won't. But I see too many people talking about Bitcoin and Ether as if they're the same thing, when in fact they aren't. Just because they are both cryptographic blockchain applications does not mean that um, they are the same. Now on... So that's pretty much what I have to say about the pre-mine. The, now in today's world, every time we see a new coin launch, they are always have a, some sort of pre-sale or something. So it's not as unusual today. Um, I don't think we'll ever see another launch like Bitcoin did, which was very, very fair. Um, some people almost compare it to the Immaculate Conception and it's probably something that it could only happen when people were not aware that it could happen and once it happened once, it most likely won't be able to be replicated so for me that's something you need to have in mind that I always tell my friends you know, don't talk about crypto as a whole thing you have Bitcoin and then you have the other coins. And I'm not saying all the other coins are shit coins and they're worthless. I'm not casting any judgment. I'm just saying that fundamentally Bitcoin is one thing and the rest of the crypto are something else entirely. I will leave you to make your own decisions on what that means, but that is the way I see it. And I think that's the way we need to start looking at it. Um, so yeah, the one thing that I also try to point everyone to start paying attention is that a lot of the arguments that are done against Bitcoin by the other currencies, including Ether, is the fact that Bitcoin is slow and it can't scale. Uh, now those two things are are by design. In order to be the hardest money, you have to be slow and you have to, like, scalability. You won't be able to be as scalable as something that is not fully decentralized. So the other current currencies, the other cryptos, are making trades to be faster and more scalable. But when the, once you do that, you become less decentralized. Now, Bitcoin wants to be as decentralized as possible. So it will always be slow. And the Bitcoin layer one will have scalability issues, which aren't really issues. Because the idea is that to build a robust enough layer two so that most of the everyday transactions and all the stuff that normal people like me and you would use Bitcoin to do, like transactions and all that stuff, won't happen on the main layer. The main layer will just remain like this slow but very strong uh, fortress. Uh, 
on top of it, we'll have the layer two, which it already exists today. You can look at the Lightning Network, Taproot, and this uh, third one. It doesn't matter. I will eventually make videos on each one. But yeah, so last time I published my article, I got these um, comments saying, well, Bitcoin is not scalable and it's slow. And a lot of people are saying that, but you need to understand that that's by design. We need Bitcoin to be slow and not scalable, if you want to use those words. Because once you, that base layer needs to be resistant, needs to be stable, needs to be like the hard floor in which we're going to build on top. And using layer two, then you start getting all this functionality and then you can start doing all these cool things. And what I advise people is to pay a lot of attention on the development done in Bitcoin layer two right now. This last year, it exploded. And a lot of the things, a lot of the applications that are being built on Ethereum we are starting to see them built on layer two of Bitcoin. And I believe this is a trend that will continue to increase over time. And then the question becomes, do you want to use the application built on the Ethereum layer, which is not as decentralized and fewer people have control over it? Or do you want to use the applications that rest upon the hardest money? ever created by mankind. And to me, at least, I want people to start thinking about that. Because I know that right now we're seeing crazy gains in all the cryptos and everybody seems to be making a million dollars. And, you know, I'm just worried that every time we see periods of exuberance and markets going crazy like they are today, I'm not saying it's going to be a crash, but I'm saying, like, it can't go on like this forever. So, for me, I'm trying to build my future mostly to be on top of the hardest thing so that if hard times come, if the wind, the winds of change blows, um, you know, you're standing on hard ground and you're not standing on sand. And I'm not saying either is sand. Ethereum has done amazing things. I'm just saying that we need to start thinking about this and start thinking long term and what the implications mean for the different assets. Um, that's all I'm urging people is for just to go and get more information and study these subjects because it's extremely important. Where you put your money and where you're building your future is probably the most important thing or one of the most important decisions you will ever make. Uh, and just we need to pay attention because we are in a very strange time. Uh, I was, I'm reading the book, The Sovereign Individual. I recommend everyone to go and read it because it talks about all the time that we're living in and the changes that we're going through. And I believe and we'll see what happens, but I think we're going through a massive worldwide transformation in which 
a lot of the structures that support our world today are going to change. Some of them are going to collapse entirely. Some of them will be able to adapt. But I do believe that the world of tomorrow doesn't look like the world of today. We're already going through massive changes. And I know some people believe that we're going to go back to normal at some stage. I don't think so. I think uh, we're going to make another video about this because it's another subject entirely. But I urge everyone to just pay attention, read and inform you, inform yourself. And yes, look for things that will endure because I think we're approaching very uncertain times. Anyway, that is my little advice. If it's worth anything to you, I'm not sure. If it is, I'm happy because that's all I want to do is help people through these, um, this time that we're, that we are living. I want to learn and understand as much as possible, make what I learn available to others. And hopefully that would help someone else as well. Um, I'll see you on the next video. Thank you for stopping by. Have a great day. Enjoy, smile, and have fun. Bye.